0: After we moved into our home, I had the challenging opportunity of getting grass to grow in a new yard. The ground was so compacted, I had to break it up. I bought an aerator for my lawn, but it first required some assembly. I didn't have the exact size wrenches I needed, but I was sure I could make it work. And I did work for hours until I finally caved in and my cheapskate self bought the correct size wrenches for the job. As my now calloused and bloodied hands paid for the tools, I thought to myself, there must be an easier way. There was. There was. I should have gotten the right tools in the first place. Through blaming the virtue of frugality, I claimed I was saving money, but I was wasting another investment, my time, and I couldn't get that back. Have you ever felt like you were wasting time because you simply didn't have the right tools in your hand? It's time to go the second mile in selecting the right productivity tools for the job. This is Travis Agnew, and thank you again for joining me for the Second Mile podcast as we seek to live out the words of Jesus Christ when he said, if someone asks you to go one mile, see if you can go two as well. Push in and go all the way. See, the first mile stuff is just doing the bare minimum, doing what the law requires, doing what others expect of you. The second mile is seeing how can you go over and go beyond and following Christ. And so if we are a disciple of Jesus Christ and He has redeemed us from lawlessness, we want to be eager and zealous and ambitious to do good works with the fleeting days that we have in this life. And so that's why this last month, as we've been looking at this podcast, we've really been talking about productivity, time management, which is a lot of times stuff we don't talk about within the church. We don't talk about spiritual things because a lot of times people will say, well, that's just business talk or that's cultural talk and whatnot, and that has no business for the church. And I would have to say that if the scriptures teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Um, Psalm 90, verse 12, if it says to to remind us of how fleeting we are in Psalm 39, 4, if it says that we need to make sure that we're careful of how we walk in Ephesians 5, uh, verses 15 through 17, if that's the case, then we really need to live out this and, and make sure that we are living in such a way that is glorifying with every second of the time that we have. In fact, James 4, he says it this way, remember that you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes away Uh, in James 4, 16. And so we always want to remind ourselves that we're not going to be here forever. So we want to make the best use of our time. And so one of the things that I often get a question as a pastor is, well, how how do you deal with distractions or how do you get so much done or what happens when when there's different seasons of life, there's extra responsibility on you. And so honestly, I had some people who disciple me in my life who helped teach me along the way to realize that time management is a gospel issue. It is a biblical issue that we were saved for good works, not by good works, but for good works. And so I'm going to do the most with the time that I have allotted. And I don't know how much time that is, but whatever it is, I want to make the best use of the time that's left. So, so why is this important? That's the first thing that we've got to figure out. Why is it so important to concern ourselves with time management? Well, the first reason it is important is because of what Jesus said To whom much is given, much is required. See, in Luke 12 41 through 48, Jesus taught a parable that highlighted the need to be faithful as stewards of the time that God has given us. And so the question comes if you have been given much from God, are you being faithful with those opportunities? See, Peter asked him a question and said, are you you telling this parable for us all? And Jesus replied um, that there was a faithful and wise manager whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time. So here's this picture of this story of a master giving his servants some responsibilities and saying, take care of my stuff while you're here. I'm going to go away for a while and I want you to watch over it. So he put him over all the possessions. And then what happens is in verse 45, the servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the male and female servants to eat and drink, get drunk. The master, that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him. At an hour, he does not know. And it says this, and will cut him in pieces and put him with the unfaithful. That's pretty extreme. And verse 47, it says, and that servant who knew his master's will, but did not get ready or act according to his will, will receive a severe beating. But the one who... Did not know and did what deserved a beating will receive a light beating. And then it says this. Everyone to whom much was given, of him much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. And and what is Jesus teaching here? He's going, look, if you've been given much, you're going to be required of a lot. You're going to be asked of a lot. And so to whom much is given, much is required. And so you know that our master has gone to heaven and he has given us the task of the great commission. He has uh, told us to live out the great commandment of loving the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and loving our neighbor as ourself, like he's given us the marching orders of how we are to live. And the question is, is that one day he's going to come back and we're not going to know when, are we going to be busy in the business for which he left us here on earth to do? That's the deal. Are we being faithful with those opportunities? And so you and I, we've been given much. And so as a result of that, much is required. And you might say, well, how, how, do, how do you know that I've been given much? Because the fact that you were listening to a spiritual teaching on a podcast, probably on a very expensive mobile device, probably means that you've been given a lot of things in your life. And yeah, you, you work for it, you save up for it, you do things. But I'm just saying that a lot of times we have certain privileges that maybe we sort of take and instead think we're entitled to them instead of we're blessed by them. And so you've been given much. Maybe you're in a church. Maybe you're able to, if you can download this teaching, you can probably listen to any kind of gospel teaching, Bible teaching uh, in the world at any time right now. And so I'll say this, much is given to you, and so much is required. What are you doing with the knowledge, the information, and the investment of time and responsibility that Jesus has left for you? So number one, to whom much is given, much is required. But number two, let me give you another phrase that Jesus said, to whom has invested much, more will be given. So, in another parable, Jesus taught uh, about a man who trusted stewards with different amounts of investments. Um, and, and so, what happens here uh, in this situation, is a man goes on a journey. Matthew 25, verse 14, it says he entrusts them his property. To one, he gives five talents, another two, and another one. And it says to each according to his ability. Now, with that, you go talents. We, we normally think of okay, so the first guy could sing and play the guitar and cr- you know, cross stitch or something like that. That's not exactly what it means. Talents was an investment of money, uh, but it, it goes to to say with, with the parable that Jesus was saying is, I'm giving you an investment of some type of gift. I am entrusting you with something that you don't have to have, but I'm giving it to you. And he makes no distinction about it. And he says, one, he gave five uh, of these um, monetary gifts to. One, he gave two. And another one, he gave only one. And it, why was that? according to his ability. Uh, He saw that some of them were able to handle more than the other and so he gave them rightly so and so verse 16, it says, he who had received the five talents were at once and traded with them, he made five talents more. So he invested and he gets more. Same thing with two. And then it says, verse 18, but the one who'd received the one talent went and dug it in the ground and hid his master's money. Um, and so when the master comes back, finally, uh, he, he says to him, uh, the guy who comes had five and he says, I, I, you gave me five, but now I have ten. This is what the master says, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of the master. Same thing happens with with the guy who had two and made four. And then here comes the one guy who only had one talent. And he says, um, verse 24, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scatter no seed. So I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But the master said, you wicked and slothful servant. You are basically, you're a lazy bum. You know that I reap where I've not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And, and so when when you hear these words, this is just kind of a unique language from Jesus. But he, he's teaching us something very um, important about this, is that be faithful with what you've been given. To whom has invested much, more will be given. So, so if God has invested in you according to your abilities, whether you say you have five, two, or one— What are you doing with what he's given you? Because the guys who had a lot actually made more rather than saying, well, now I've got too much responsibility. They figured out how to get it done. The guy who had the least amount, only one talent, was able to say, I didn't know what to do with it. I was scared. And then that one talent was taken away and given to the guy down the aisle there that had 10 already, and that doesn't seem fair. And yet God would say, this is my investment to give it to whom I will. Are you being faithful with, with what you've been given. So for the one who failed to do anything with a little amount, the master took it away and gave it to the one who had the more. And so this is why this is important. I believe that as we read the scripture and as we see the heart of God through through that passage and so many other passages, whether it's Proverbs of saying, hey, Proverbs 1 that whoever has knowledge, you need to dig in and get more of it, right? Or those, those thoughts about being wise with the time. Are you being really careful with the time that you have, the opportunities you have? And so as it relates to that, I realize this, that a lot of the opportunities in my life that I've missed, I've dropped the ball on, uh, have been because I just wasn't prepared for them. And so I want to talk to you for a second about productivity tools. So if you want to be faithful with the time and opportunities you have been given, decide what will be your go-to tools in some critical areas. Okay, so as I think through it, I think there's probably four uh, key areas that you can think through uh, as someone who's following Jesus. Like, how are you making sure you keep up with it? Now, once again, this is not going to get into uh, Bible reading and prayer and evangelism and and uh, serving others in need. But let me tell you, these are kind of the tools that will get you there. These are the vehicles that will get you there. And uh, so, in some ways, I can remember some. Someone who, uh, who missed an opportunity to be able to go and help someone because uh, they weren't checking the information and they later were going, man, I would have loved to help out of that situation. Well, they didn't because they were kind of unorganized and they missed a great opportunity. So as I think through this, I want to give you something, just some nuts and bolts, some productivity tools that maybe help you. And uh, in this, I think there's four key areas that you really need to think through, how you are organizing your life, you are managing and stewarding your time. And that word steward is so important because as stewards, it means this time is not ours. We have been given it. But we won't have it forever. There will be a day when it goes away. So are you being a good steward of the time that you have? So here are the four areas that you need to figure out what are your go-to, uh, go-to tools uh, going to be. So the first area is calendar. The second is content. The third is contact. And the fourth is completion. So calendar, content, contact, completion. Let me break it down for you and see exactly what these are. The first one being calendar. What is the calendar tool that you're going to use? And and so here's what I want you to think of. How are you going to coordinate your entire schedule through a calendar system that works with your pace and your personality? Now, this is huge, okay? Now, in a second, on all of these, I'm going to give you um, something that I use currently right now, but I might be using something different in a few months. And most likely, the tools I use, you're not exactly going to work exactly with your schedule or or your way of of doing things because we're all wired differently. So that's why I think it's important that you coordinate your entire schedule through whatever the calendar system is that's got to work with your pace and your personality. So when I say your pace is that you've got to consider How many talents are you covering right now? How many things are are you walking with? How many balls are you juggling in the air? And so you've got to make sure that whatever your tool is, that you are using something that works with your pace of life that can keep up with you or helps you keep up with life, right? But also, it's got to be a calendar system that works with your personality. And this is what I mean by this. Um, with, with the digital revolution that's going on and so many people going to cloud-based systems or things on your mobile apps and whatnot, that's great if that works according to your personality. But if technology is, you're pretty sure, is silently and um, over time trying to kill you, you may not need to go to that. I know many people who've tried to go to a calendar system online or in an app and they just can't get it done. In fact, they're, they're more uh, late for their appointments. They're getting uh, confused all the time about where they're supposed to be. They thought they put in there and they can't. And some people said, I just feel better with just paper and pen, regular calendar. Is that okay? The answer is yes. Find whatever it is that works best for you. So it's what with your pace and your personality, what is the best way that you can stay organized and make sure you're scheduling stuff? And this is where it does come down to spiritual things is that I know this. um, It's rare for me to do something that I don't schedule. So if I say it's important to make sure that I'm discipling someone in my life, if it doesn't get put on the calendar, it's probably not going to happen. If I don't make an appointment, if I don't say, hey, let's meet together for lunch, it's not going to happen. And so this why this calendar thing, it's more than just a cultural business practice, this is important for you to be wise with the time that you've given. So my current tool right now, once again, if you choose a paper or a digital, that's completely uh, your prerogative. But for the current tool I use, uh, I use a Google Calendar that works with my Gmail there. Uh, What I love about the Google Calendar is that it is on my phone, it's on my computer. Uh, It it syncs and connects all these different things. Uh, What I love is that I can also invite people to it through it. So if I'm uh, inviting my wife for us to get lunch, or if I'm inviting someone to a meeting, I can put that calendar in there. I can put their contact information in there. It sends it to them. I can put notes in there. You name it. It can update me. It can remind me. It can tell me when, if it takes 20 minutes for me to get there, I need to leave at this point. All of those different things. It saves my address in there for those meetings so that I can, as I'm walking out to my car, pull that up and it'll go into the GPS, whatever it is, but it's a calendar system that works for me. Uh, Let me give you one other thing that I have used recently that helps out a lot. Have you ever had that time when you're trying to coordinate with somebody about, hey, uh, I want to, let's get together and how about this day? No, that won't work. And back and forth, and about after 20 email threads through there, you don't even know. Uh, what what time is even available anymore, there's an app called youcanbook.me. So it's youcanbookme or youcanbook.me. It's a website. And you can get a free trial kind of deal where basically you can uh, sync up to your digital calendar and somebody can see not exactly all that you're doing, but what are open spots. And they can kind of book uh, a time with you that can say, hey, uh, my schedule is free in the same time yours is rather than going back and forth. That saves me a ton of time in the area of calendar. But once again, that's my current tool, and may not work for you but find one don't have events and schedules and appointments in three different places you know why because you're going to miss most of them so what is your calendar tool The second tool that you need to make sure you get is called the content tool. Okay, so the content tool. So the calendar is all about your events. Content is about the information that you need to collect and have at ready at all times. So you need to figure out what is the tool that helps you organize your needed content into a system that allows you to collect, archive, and access information easily. So um, one of the things that I regret um, most um, in early years of my ministry is i can't tell you how many bible studies i led how many sermons i preached how many studies i went through how many activities that i led that i was literally just flying by the cuff right or i had it on a just real uh, quick piece of um, paper and just some random notes thrown together and then that got thrown into the trash and then two years later someone asked me to teach on something i thought oh i remember that time i did a whole lot of study and preparing for it and guess what i can't find it and so therefore I'm having to start back all over again now I'm all for I don't want you to go and say well you need to have a fresh word and you need to keep things fresh absolutely you do but you also don't want to think that if it's a biblical truth that somehow it has a shelf life that after about two months, it can't be used again. I I wasted so many opportunities of things that I could use again or encourage someone else with or send someone else uh, a leg up on some kind of information because I didn't have uh, a system that was organized that kept all of my content and it's something that I could collect. Archive and access easily. So so you need to find something where you can you can collect it all, right? So where is that gigantic inbox that you have everything sort of flowing into, right? And then archive, like how are you organizing it? And I'm telling you, it, it goes a long way if you're keeping things organized and and in a way that um, just makes sense as you're filing it, whatever it looks like. Once again, it could be paper, it could be digital. And then also how you access it. Can you find what you need to when it's time? So my current tool right now uh, is I use Evernote. Uh, once again, I, I, try, I used to do something else and I tried Evernote and couldn't make it work. And then I eventually said, no, I'm going I'm to try to get that. It's an online app once again. And I store every sermon, uh, every meeting note, every um, different thing, every plan that I'm doing with my family. And they're all in these different categories that honestly, through these four tools, calendar, content, contact, and completion are all the same. So there's like a family folder. There's a church folder. There's a ministry folder. Um, there's a trustee folder. There's all these different kind of big areas of my life that I see say, I'll throw all this stuff in here so I can find it. So with that, uh, I am now compiling all this information, and so now when I need something, I can remember a keyword, search it, and I don't have to worry about, oh, it was on that computer that crashed back then, or oh, that's on my computer at the office, or something like that. I have access to it, and it's really helping me out. The third tool is the contact tool. You need to ensure that your contacts are easily accessible and updatable. Uh, And what I mean by that is that just the ability to be able to call, text, find someone, find someone's address, so that when life hits and you need to check on them, or you need to be available for them that you know how to find them and what a lot of times people don't realize is they're storing numbers on their phone that's not being backed up somewhere else and so are you backing up your numbers do you have an organized system there's there's apps that can actually sync all of your information from your computer to your phone you name it all over the place and it's just important for you to make sure my current tool once again using Google uh, calendar and, and mail also allows me to do Google contacts and so I'm kind of using all those on my phone and so if I make an update in one place Uh, It updates everywhere and every once in a while I'll also make sure that I have uh, just looking through and seeing if I have duplicates and trying to make sure all that stuff's cleaned up. And and for me, it, it's, it's reminding myself every so many months to make sure I go in there and clean that stuff up. And so the first three tools, calendar, content, contact, and the fourth one is completion. It is you need to commit to a trackable system of collecting and completing your task. Now, um, I, I know a lot of people who like just a, um, a notepad where you've got your to-do list for the day and you're checking them off, right? And some people have a digital form of it, whatever. I'm just saying this. Um, I feel like before I really went to a to-do list of some sort, like some way that I'm getting all my completion kind of uh, items together, I felt like all day long I was trying to remember things and I was fearful of forgetting something. Uh, forget, forgetful, Fearful of forgetting to take out the trash, to pay the bills, to call this person back, to check on someone in the hospital, to prepare this sermon, you you name it. There was all these things, and I never felt like I could rest. I honestly felt like I couldn't sleep at night. I felt like I was in a conversation with someone. I'm going, oh, yeah, don't forget this. And until I finally had a place where I can have a trackable system of where is that inbox where I just throw stuff in as soon as it hits. And so, uh, once again, some people use sticky notes every day. This is kind of the task list for the day. I use an app called Todoist. Uh, there's, a, I think, a free version. There's also an upgraded version. But this allows me that whenever anything comes in my mind, I throw it in that inbox, and I can give it a date. I can give it a tracking ID that basically says, hey, this has to do with church, or this has to do with family, or parenting, or discipleship, whatever. And also, I can put a date on it. This needs to be done by Thursday. And so when I wake up in the morning, there is my list, uh, 15 or 20 or 30 things whatever it is that I need to do that day. And every day, uh, I have some reoccurring things on my list that's telling me this. You know what, Travis? If you slept in and you didn't read your Bible, uh, that's still important and you need to get to it today. And so every day, that is a a task that that I, I mark off. And you say, well, that sounds pretty bad that you have to do that let me just tell you, at least I'm in the word. At least it's consistent. Uh, There are things that I remind myself weekly or monthly that I do just to make sure that I put that in there and it's a system so that I'm not forgetting some of the most important things. But also when those things come up, I have a way to to grab all that stuff together. So once again, those are some productivity tools that you need to find. What is that tool that you're going to use for calendar or content or contact or completion? that you're using. And once again, you don't have to copy my tools. Just find something that works for you. There's got to be something that works for you. Some great resources that I encourage you. uh, The link is uh, on my blog at travisagnew.org of some books that sort of help think through some productivity. I'm going to give them to you real quick. But one is Do More Better by Tim Challies, which is a very short book that just sort of helps you think through how do you be productive for the glory of God. Uh, A little bit more, uh, well, a much larger volume on such. It's called What's Best Next. Next, How the Gospel Transforms the Way You Get Things Done by Matt Perman. It is a very exhaustive kind of thinking of how are you doing productivity for the glory of God. Crazy Busy by Kevin DeYoung is not necessarily a list of how to do things as much as it is getting our heart and our souls wrapped around uh, busyness and laziness and you name it, those important things that we have to address in life. And then one that's more of a secular approach, but it's kind of like the, I guess, the the, the godfather of all the productivity books is a book by David Allen called Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity. And and talks about how you've got to have a place where you're collecting all this stuff and figuring out what to do with it in a systematic way it's been a huge thing for me. And once again, you may say this, this seems very much business related. And I'm saying it is business related for me. It's about the gospel business. And I believe that God has given me so much, uh, so much talents in my life, so many opportunities in my life, so much time in my life. And I want to be wise with the the investments that he's given to me because I want to be given more. I want to have more opportunities to use every second of my life that count for the glory of God. Um, Just recently, I was helping my kids uh, doing homeschooling for them on a a Friday. And I can just remember seeing one my son struggling and getting the work done and I just said son if you'll go sharpen your pencil you could be done and he said well I'm almost done already and I'm seeing him struggle through all this right and I'm just thinking if he would just take the, the 10 seconds to walk across the room to sharpen the pencil it will save him about three minutes of time uh, of just doing work and I'll just say in the areas that we've talked about today it's the same idea. It's gonna take some time off for you to figure out to investigate uh, what you need to use but I'm telling you that time that you invest is going to allow you to do more for the glory of God in the long run. And so if you're like me, you want to use your life well for the glory of God, uh, I, I pray that you can help find the right productivity tools for the job. I hope to see you on the second mile.